0: Welcome to Present Poetry. I'm your host, Erin Crittenden, and all poems within this podcast are either public domain or are used with permission from the author or the author's estate. It's a fun time for poetry lovers of all ages, so sit back, relax, and get ready to hear some poems of the past and the present. This week's featured poet is James Parkerson. James Parkerson is a tragic example of a poet lost to history, because, despite my research, there are very few facts about this poet I can offer you. I do know that he was English born and lived in Norwich for most of his life. He may also be the eldest son, as indicated by his full name of James Parkerson, Jr., and was possibly a religious or spiritual type. He published around nine collections of poetry in the early 1800s, and all of them referenced the current events of the time explore the morality of the people, and offer advice on how to transform your life for the better. Today, we will be reading a variety of his poetical works, and it is my hope that present poetry can breathe some life into this forgotten poet and give him a taste of the influence he may have enjoyed in the past. This poem is called The Bankrupt. Oft have you prayed me when in youth Never to err from paths of truth But youth to vice is much too prone And mine by far too much I own Induced to riot, swear, and game I thought in vice to acquire fame But found the poisoning scenes of riot Soon robbed my mind of joy and quiet The usual course of rakes I ran The dupe of woman and of man Careless of fortune, smile or frown, my desk I left to enjoy the town. At folly dashed in wisdom's spite, idled by day, reveled by night. But short was that delusive scene, and I awoke to sorrows keen. Debt pressed on debt I could not pay, and found that credit had its day. No friend to aid, what should I do? I made bad worse, till liquor flew. For when my billbook I surveyed, I shrunk as if I'd seen my shade. And to drive terror from my mind, Drink on, and care gave to the wind. But wine nor words can charm away The banker's clerk who comes for pay? Payment is pressed, the cash is gone, Too late I cry, what must be done? Harrow, a docket struck appears, I look aghast, my wife's in tears, The naked truth stares in my face, And shows me more than one disgrace. My keys a messenger demands, while as a culprit often stands, the humbled bankrupt lowers his view and sees the law its work pursue. Soon comes of all his goods the sale, which like light straw before a gale, the hammer man puffs clean away and cries, they must be sold this day. They are so, and I'll tell you how, at loss you'll readily allow. Then come the tedious humbling task to answer all commissioners ask. And those who mean to act most fair Will at first meeting ere appear To questions asked will answer true And clearly state accounts to view A second he need not attend But if not may perhaps offend Happy the man who can then lay His hand upon his heart and say You all my books and deeds may scan I'm honest though distressed man My own just wants and losses great Have brought me to this low estate Then comes the last dread meeting on, Dreadful to such as will act wrong, And though dishonesty or shame, Evasive answers tempt to frame, For vain his shifts, however he try, He can't elude the searching eye Of lawyers who in all things pry, His private foibles even messed out, Grievous exposure, tis no doubt, And if he's fraudulent found must go, To witness scenes of vice and woe. Of liberty deprived to wail His faults and folly in a jail. But should his conduct seem least fair, England's blessed laws will set him clear. Not only so, but means will give To enable him again to live. For such the law that when tis found, There's fifteen shillings in the pound. A handsome drawback he's allowed, When stead of shamed he may look proud, And be his dividend ever so low they'll never let him coinless go. Yes, be it ever a Briton's pride that mercy in his courts preside, but ere he's paid, he must await to obtain a fair certificate. Some cases there, however, are, which at first view may seem severe. Suppose his creditors are ten, four sign, the rest reviews, what then? If their demand exceed the four, they'll keep the bankrupt in the power. And although he has all resigned, if unproved debts remain behind, and human creditors then may his body into prison lay, where oft the wretch to soothe his grief, in dissipation seeks relief. Sometimes a parent may prevent, unmeaningly, the law's intent. A merciless creditors decline, the hapless debtor's deed to sign, in hopes the father may one day the long-neglected son's debts pay. The lawyer and the auctioneer plunges all parties in despair. When creditors their bill do see, each sighing say "Nots left for me. This poem is called The Lion and the Orange Grove. Three jackals were a prowling scent. It is supposed with ill intent, at least to make a prey. On anything they saw was good, So dashing furious in a wood, They seized without delay. An orange tree well hung with fruit, It apt the lion's taste to suit, But jackals forced away. The owner of the tree declares, He'll strip the lion of his ears, Or make him sharply pay. So to it furiously they went, He'll make the lion soon repent, For seizing other store. He craved for mercy night and day, THE OWNER OF THE FRUIT WON'T STAY, BUT WILL HIM SADLY GORE. SHARP PAINS RUN DOWN HIS ACHING SIDE, THE LION ON HIS KNEES LOUD CRIED, I WILL DO SO NO MORE. THE ORANGE MAN DECLARED WITH GLEE, YOUR MINION SHAN'T HAVE LIBERTY TO ENTER HERE NO MORE. NEVER SHALL YOU HAVE THE POWER TO TAKE MY FRUIT AWAY FOR HUNGER'S SAKE, BUT I WILL HAVE A CHANGE. MY TALE OF WOE NONE CAN DENY, You know your master dwells on high, he soon will stop your range. He wears a fur more grand to view, and is more merciful than you, your arrogance he'll stop, he'll quickly with a little chain, your nightly prowling sooner strain, and your ambition lop. He was allowed no more to stray, with hungry jackals night or day, where orange trees are seen. It served him right to stop his power, or he would each succeeding hour, pluck oranges too green besides there is a law that's known we should take nothing but our own from either beast or man the power is given to us here we should the little lambs revere and serve them if we can i hope this will a warning prove to other lions in the grove who may hereafter stray by power or order to a place and not incur the like disgrace we witnessed the other day the low-bred minions seek to bind the smaller ones of a gentler kind, but in this happy isle, a savage beast is laid aside for every reptile to deride, or hourly to revile. This poem is called The Injured to the Injurer. You vilest of the human race, a traitorous fiend with double face, A fawning sycophant from youth Who never spoke a word of truth, Who shed thy tears like crocodile, Apparent virtue proved all vile. You asked for cash the other day, And for your coach hire home to pay. Poor needy wretch, I lent you gold, You in return my credit sold. The vile ingrate the world shall know, You've proved my base and generous foe, From watchmen who protect the laws, Did I not screen you from their paws? Said that at home I soon should be, Soon as arrived you came to me? Said that you wanted forty pounds, You stamped and swore and struck the ground, Though pressed myself I lent at you, With blessings on me bade adieu, T'was Sunday night that we did part, I thought t'was with an honest heart, You said my brothers here would be, To let me aid and set me free. Instead of brothers, bailiffs came. To caption me and hurt my name. They had a writ from Mr. Blake. My body into prison take. Vile wretch, you'll have the public scorn. To curse the day that you were born. I'll publish to the world your knavery. And write my name the injured savory. Interest leads mankind to stray. From honesty, both night and day. When fortune smiles, friends we do meet, they greet us kindly in the street. But when they see us in distress, You'll frequent find their number less. Too well I know this to be true, And worthy neighbors, so do you. When you can spend a pound-note free, A clever fellow you will be. But when your purse is empty-grown, Those compliments from you are flown. It's not, dear sir, I wish to see You at my house to dine and tea, do but just say you'll to them roam. They'll say they cannot be at home. This poem is called Life. Whenever you walk the hill or street, a flaunting dressing thing you'll meet. Her wanton air would fain beguile a thoughtless youth to stray awhile. Her conversation gross he'll find. Chaste modesty she leaves behind. That goddess seldom now appear, Where people walk to take the air. She daily must in laces dress, Although her parents in distress. She'll get them any way she can, To marry some unthinking man. When he the flaunter do obtain, On pleasure's wings she'll fix her brain. His shirts or stockings she can't mend, But must them to a neighbor send and tell her husband he must stray, with her to see a merry play. He must comply, or else he'll find, she teases, butch his gloomy mind. Often she does the man reproach, because he cannot keep a coach, tells him she cannot rest at home, and do with finer people roam. The husband, now alarmed, appears, to just his reasons for his fears. Truth silence now his sad alarms, She's fled into another's arms. Parents oft cause a girl's distress by letting her devote to dress, time which they should frequent spend at housework or their clothes to mend. A watch must now adorn the side to fill their minds with erring pride. Tells her that every fop admire, and soon she'll gain a country squire. Again, I say a boarding school too often makes sweet miss a fool put such strange notions in her brain as she cannot good sense retain. When Miss is taken from the school, she wants in everything to rule. There she perhaps may learn to dance, alike the paltry things from France. This plain truth I dare to tell, but few from them correctly spell. To often write so bad a hand that scarce one line you understand. Their education often makes Them only fit for lords or rakes. To miss and schools I bid adieu, And will another tale pursue. Many a tradesman in this place Brings on themselves their own disgrace. Politics engross their minds And cause their friends to be unkind. The horns announce the papers in, His daily pleasures now begin. Two hours are wasted in this day, Which time he should to business pay. Customers too frequent call, and cannot see the man at all. Each one declares he'll call no more, as he had been there oft before. No wonder that he cannot pay, and thus he trifles time away. We often do our fate bewail, when adverse gales do us assail. The money that we waste away, frequent we should to others pay. Careless of our neighbor's grief, we only seek our own relief. The cause we have such dismal times is chiefly owing to our crimes. The pipe and bottle frequent stay, the man who should attention pay, to business or to anything which may perhaps a profit bring. Instead of wine, drink humble ale, drop fine gigs, thus ends my tale. This poem is called Serious Reflections My life is embittered with cares The reason to me is quite plain I have caused many sighs and sad tears To her I shall never see again She has fled from my presence above I shortened her days in this life To share true angelical love She is freed from all pain, care, and strife How could I the dictates disdain Of a parent so kind and so just or give her sweet bosom such pain, she is happy, I hope and I trust. That God who is setting on high Hath planted remorse in my heart. It pangs I shall feel till I die, may I then from my troubles depart. Repent, oft she cries, ere too late, to her precepts I did not attend. My conscience pronounce me ingrate to disdain such advice from a friend. Such a friend I shall never more attain, To me she was always sincere. I hope I shall meet her again when I'm summoned on high to appear. May repentance atone from the past and cleanse me from every stain. May the tears of sincerity last that my parent I do meet again. Sometimes I revisit the spot where my parent was used for to dwell. I sigh when I enter the cot where I bade the loved object farewell. Ere death has relieved her from pain, I prayed that her son she'd forgive, she implored me from vice to abstain, and in future more pious to live. Scarce had higher blessing received, and had faintly sighed out an adieu, when I found her from trouble's relieve, while mine were arising anew. Emotion of grief tears my heart, more painful than ever felt before, when compelled from her tomb to depart, her loss I shall daily deplore. Thank you for listening to this episode of Present Poetry. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review, share us on social media, or subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you would like to learn more about the featured poet, or you would like your work featured on the podcast, please check out the links in the show notes. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you all have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.